What's going on, good people? That was the sounds of Black Cat. I went to high school with this homie right here, man. And I, like I tell you, man, he works on his craft. And he put out a real good project right there called 4th and Albert Street. And um, this 1987, that's the intro. And I just wanted to play. I wanted to play the good part of this song. Um, I wanted to play the whole song, but I tried to do snippets. But I played a longer than usual snippet of this song. So I hope you all enjoyed it. But yeah, go check it out on all platforms, Spotify. I like to go listen to music. Go check it out. Fourth and Hour Street, Black Cat. And that's just the show. The West Virginia got good, talented artists, man. So I've always tried to promote the West Virginia talent that um, that is that is here. And, I, and so when you go back and listen to my episodes and intros, you're always going to hear some West Virginia talent. Doobie DC, Notorious Gooch, Vino Bands, Dirtied Up, um, it 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 uh Ish Quay. Ish Quay is another good artist. So I mean, um and got his own podcast with uh, Sam Jones with Pick and Roll Podcast, but Black Cat, Fourth and Hour Street, man, go check it out. And this right here, that nineteen eighty seven, hope y'all like that. But now it's time for the Soft Straight Talk Show. We got boxing. We got boxing. What's up, good people? Another episode of the Soft Straight Talk Show. Good afternoon. This is a boxing episode. We're gonna be talking boxing. It's a good time for boxing, the sweet science. We got great matches coming up. We got great conversations um, that I'm going to, you know, have, I guess, with myself and with y'all. I'm mean, going to break it down to y'all on what to look for towards the end of the year and what the boxing landscape is looking like. It's going to be live. That's all I'm going to say. It's definitely going to be live. Um... Y'all know that, you know, with September 28th coming, Errol Spence, Sean Porter, Unification, Al Heyman, you know, Fox Sports is at the Staples Center. It's going down. But before that, something I'm going to point out to a fighter that I felt after losing to Danny Jacobs hit a wall. And has lost himself, but still trying to get himself back into the ranks of who I was a fan of. His kid chocolate, Peter Quillen, is fighting September 21st against Alfredo Angulo. This coming weekend on Fox Sports. I like that fight, and I hope Peter Quillen does well in it. Like I said, a guy like him... Hits hard. He, he, you know, says it's a person that comes right at you. So I, I'm hoping to see him come back to his form, and he pulls off a win against 25 and seven Alfredo Angulo. Peter Quillen's 34 and one. Like I said, the one loss he got was against Danny Jacobs, the Miracle Man. He got a draw. He's got 23 KOs, man. This kid, kid chocolate, man. And he's he punches hard from a. Brooklyn, New York. You know what I'm saying? You can't you, you can't you can't get somebody that can come in at, at that weight class, middleweight that, you know, can see at this point be an underdog on the main mainstream with thirty four and one and only lost to Danny Jacobs, who Danny Jacobs is a good all around boxer. If he can get himself in the right limelight, see boxing, when you have a good record and you might have that loss. You have to find that defining win. You got to find that marquee moment where you're on TV, where somebody's watching you, where you go, oh, he beat that guy. If Peter Quillen could get that fight against somebody, then that's going to be, I, I like that. It's kind of like what Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is doing. Uh, he's trying to get a fight with Danny Jacobs that could match right. And then, you know, that could be something. If he beats Danny Jacobs, hey, here comes Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., the son of the legend, Julio Cesar Chavez, who, you know, took things for granted, took a career for granted. His dad was a legend. He, you know, saying, reaped the benefits of his dad with earnings and stuff like that. You know, didn't have to come up with the struggle as his dad did. And I think that has something to do with his work ethic and his success as a boxer. And he took some, some bad losses and looked bad and got suspended and all this and just, you know. But moving along. I wanted to talk about the main thing that's popped in, into the screen is coming November 2nd. 
And November 2nd is an event because it's a two-part thing that I'm going to talk about. And the first thing to talk about for November 2nd is that congratulations to Ryan Garcia, the young 130-pound uh, fighter who uh, who everybody's been, you know, hearing about the lightning fast hands, the, uh, you know, Mexican fighter fighting under the stable, Golden Boy Promotions, real tight bond hitting uh, game with... Uh, Canelo Alvarez, they train together, show each other little things. You know, uh, I don't think Canelo used the Cobra bag, you know what I'm saying, uh, too often until he, you know what I'm saying, started seeing Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia learned, took some training methods from Canelo. So they got that connection going. And amidst it all that, you know what I'm saying, I believe, you know what I'm saying, with the deal that Canelo has signed with as the zone and, and everything with Golden Boy helping them, you know, Ryan Garcia's up and coming, but, you know, they wanted him to be on a card that was going to be on last weekend. And I can kind of consist to where, like, Ryan Garcia, like, man, like, can I fight on Canelo's card? Like, I'm not, you know, y'all not headlining me, and I'm going to be behind a fight that is not all that. When you got a fight on ESPN that was Tyson Fury and Otto Wilden, was you know more of an eye catcher, and y'all want me to fight on you know what I'm saying on on a, on a program to where it's not popping. Everybody's gonna be watching Kovalev and and, and and Canelo. Can I be on that card? And it's just like it's, it, it. Then you know you go through these things like oh he was scared to fight this guy and this. Now we got to settle. He's fighting the Philippine star, Filipino star. Um, it's not you know what I'm saying. He, it's, 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 it's no fear, you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't see it was fear. I just see that him just like, look, I'm not going to sit there and try to, like, take me away from a a, a, a big-time card, you know what I'm saying? And in his words, I'm excited. The co-main event of the biggest card pretty much of this year, um, it's it's a big night, and I get to fight the guy I want, Romero Duno. And like I said, Duno hits hard. Duno hits real hard. Um, and that's good. That's going to be an interesting fight to see, you know what I'm saying, with 18 wins, no loss, and 15 KOs, you know what I'm saying, Ryan Garcia, man. And, um, and you know, I would say with Canelo being the leader of this, you know, stable, it's good to have somebody like a Ryan Garcia come up behind you in a co-main event. So I don't know what Oscar De La Hoy was really thinking, you know what I'm saying, with treating that as such, but with trying to go public with some things, that's where it backfired, and that's where Ryan Garcia was like, look, don't try to go public, man. Just call me, man. Just talk to me. This is a, this is a young, thorough kid, and he was just like, man, like, look, I seriously, seriously, you know what I'm saying, like, wants to fight this guy. I want to fight, but Let's let's get this shit right. You know what I'm saying? Let's get this right. And I think what the talks was, which can't really go full detail because I don't know what the talks may have been, but it, it turned into what we got reported was a lucrative long-term contract extension. And it's beginning with a November 2nd showdown versus the guy he wants. So everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy. Ryan Garcia up and coming. Hope to see him win this fight and then keep it moving. Because it's great fights in the future for him. Great fights in the future for him. Uh, if he wants to move up or keep fighting. You know, there's guys like Tim Farmer, like I said. Vasily uh, uh, Lomachenko, of course. But that's that's far, far away. Shakur Stevenson is a good one. Tank Davis. Um, uh, Gamboa. Uh, you know, guys like that. Fight guys with the name. You know what I'm saying? Fight. The guys that wants to go out there and, you know what I'm saying, fight. Um, hell, I mean, which I don't know where he's been, but Adrian Broner's a little, little crony, you know what I'm saying, that they got beat by Mike Garcia. Man, where'd he go? I, I forgot his name. He didn't went away. Where, where'd you go, my friend? <laughs> Tall, lanky. Where'd you go? But uh, Ryan Garcia, man, uh, like I said, This guy's got the lightning speed hands. He has 
some power for the weight class. Because how fast he punches. I mean, I wouldn't call it just pure brute power. But he got the speed for the... I mean, his left hooks are just ridiculous. And the way he runs that cobra bag or he does mitts, I mean, like, it's a sight to see how quick he moves and just how he can just flick a punch with the impact that you can see how quick he can throw. I mean, he, he would hurt somebody, man. I mean, one of his fights, he hit a guy with a counter right hand and the guy just, just crumbled. And you're just thinking, like, man... Like, he is, like, really lean and, like, he's his chicken legs. But he's got, he packs a punch, man, because he knows the technique, he knows the timing, and he's got just pure all-out punching speed, and that, that amps up power a lot. Floyd Mayweather benefited from that, especially in his 99, I mean, 98, 99 days when he was pretty boy Floyd, and he destroyed people. I'm talking about destroyed people. He used those hands for pure, God. But uh, I'm happy for Ryan Garcia to get this deal, and he's going to be fighting. Now, to move on to the main event, Canelo Alvarez going against light heavyweight, the challenge, the risk that Canelo's taking, that he's fighting the guy that took two losses to Andre Ward, who was the top of the light heavyweight division, who did beat the hell out of Pascal, who did, you know, make Bernard Hopkins be like, nah, nah, nah. So Kovalev, who the crusher, this guy has been decorated. He was, you know what I'm saying, a champ. You know, he, he was running the light heavyweight scene until Andre Ward hit it. And the reason why I bring up Andre Ward in this is because it's simple. I mean, this guy was a champ. I mean, like, a champ. He wasn't no just no. Oh, he just this is Sergey. This is Sergey Kovalev, and you know this is a guy that's gonna be fighting Andre Ward. This was a big stage fight. This wasn't like oh man, this is oh okay, this is it's what we need right here. We finally gonna get this. Kovalev. Did not, I mean, dude, and, and I'm bringing this all up to make this come full circle, is that Kovalev did not even, uh, didn't even respect Andre Ward in her fight. Same weight class, Andre Ward took two and a half years off at the ring. So, I mean, like, it was kind of like, yeah, where you been this whole time? He comes back. He takes on um, Barrea Sullivan, wins that Sullivan Barrea, whatever how you say his name. Then we get the Kovalev fight done. No respect, no, no nothing, no handshake, no. It's just I went to, I went to, I went to, I went to, and Andre Ward like, hey, ready for fight day? They have the match. People like to call it controversy. I like to call it a close win by Andre Ward. Second fight came. He stopped Andre Ward. People want to call controversy on that. I don't get it. But the thing is that Kovalev in the first fight fought good. Second fight didn't look so good. But now when you are sitting there at the top again because Andre Ward retires and you took a loss to this guy named Elator Alvarez that you got a rematch with and was able to get your crown back. But there's still other guys around like uh, Bivol that might give you a little bit more tougher test than Anthony Yark. That you said yourself that, hey, if I lost that fight, I retired because you can't lose to Anthony Yark. I bet you wouldn't have said that if you would have been fighting Bivol. You wouldn't have said that. But get you back on track is what I'm saying is that now we got this this big-time fight that Canelo Alvarez, which I'm going to go jump on his side of the track. I'm like a TDJ on the turntables. This man sit there and said, you know what? There's nobody for me to fight in the middleweight division. Now, you got Demetrius Andre. You got Billy Joe Saunders. You got Jamal Charlo. Hell, you got Kirkland coming back, which he already dismantled him. But I'm just saying, you got guys you can fight in the middleweight division. 
It's the 10-year fight deal with that zone makes you think, like, who can I fight to make it interesting, whatever, like that. But it so happens that it just matches perfectly that you got a Sergey Kovalev who's not the crusher like he used to be. So, so, so coincidental that he's not the crusher that we used to seeing. We saw him lose to somebody else other than Ward. He, he, he redeemed himself for that match. But now he's signed a fight with Canelo Alvarez, a middleweight who has to come up two weight classes. Two. Middleweight, super middleweight, the light heavy. He's got to come up two weight classes. No tune-up fight, which if you want to call Rocky Fielding a tune-up fight, that was at 168. But that ain't light heavyweight. He fought a taller guy. Kovalev's going to be a taller guy. But let's get back to the tax of boxing is that he wants that fight, that risk, that competition, that, ah, this is going to be it. Now, if Andre Ward was still top of light heavyweight, would Canelo do this? I don't think so. I think he'd be fighting Billy Joe, Charlo, or and, and Demetrius Andre in that order because he would fight Billy Joe. He wouldn't jump to fight. Charlo and Andre, who I think I put Andre last because that's the last person he want to see. Because as far as that southpawness and knowing how to box, Canelo wouldn't enjoy that too well. If he couldn't just sit there and come in with the right, you know what I'm saying, flashing in with the butt. Southpaws move different and would really frustrate him. Watch the Laura fight. Now you got... Kovalev can, can, can look in the mirror and go, man, I can get back in the superstar thing because, you know, when he beat Alvarez on a rematch, it's like, okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Kovalev's a lightweight champion. Word's gone. Where's Bivol? You know, you ain't going to fight him. But now you go and get Canelo? Alvarez? Or Canelo goes and gets you? I think it's Canelo went and got uh, Sergey Kovalev, and not to call this an easy fight. I'm not trying to disrespect Sergey Kovalev. I'm just saying, like, wow, like you you pick somebody who's lost, you know, three out of his last five fights. Let that stat stick to your head. He picked the guy who they're trying to make a blockbuster fight, and and you know, call it a risk and all that stuff. Yes, he's light heavyweight, he's middleweight. But he's picked the guy who's lost three of his last five fights. I'm going to say six because I think after he lost the war the second time, he fought somebody and won, and then he fought Alvarez and lost. And then he picked up the win. So I, he's only he's only won two fights out of his last six. Out of his last six fights, he's only won two. Three, excuse me. Because if he, if he did have a fight, I want to say he did have a fight after losing the award on the second fight before Alvarez, um, and later Alvarez, and then Anthony Yard was his last fight, which that was, a, you know, against somebody who was green for this pro for this pro level of that. You know, later Alvarez was in this division for a long time, people ducked him because of his style, and then finally he gets a chance, and then he beats Kovalev, but, you know... I always say this. You can be hungry. You can be great. All that good stuff. But guess what? You got to do it again. Andy Ruiz, guys like that, and later Alvarez, you had to get hungry and do it again. You didn't have the hunger. You didn't have that fight in you. You went in there different. What happened? You lost. When you was hungry and determined, you went in there and beat the hell out of Kovalev. So don't let me get started on trying to bash Kovalev because I'm not. I'm happy that he got this opportunity because if he beats Canelo, what's Canelo going to do then? Call this a glorified exhibition match because this is where I made my post to sit there and say. And now we're starting to come full circle. I gave you the background of both guys and what's been transpiring. But now you got Canelo Alvarez is going to be sitting there fighting Sergey Kovalev on a blockbuster event, MGM Grand, uh, November 2nd, and all the lights and glamour and stuff like that. But not forget that this man has only won two of his last six fights. Three. Excuse me. Canelo has lost 
none since Floyd Mayweather. He moved up and fought Rocky Feldman, who wasn't even really all that. Could could have fought somebody better. But people want to sit there and say, "Oh, Floyd this, and Floyd waited to just get up. Floyd fought this." What is these guys doing? All these guys, man. So we can say this to all these guys. And to my main point is that when these two are sitting there yucking it up, taking selfies together, smiling each other's face, this is where it goes. Okay, now we get to understand the real meats and the uh, the real meat of the situation. Is that this is a, I'm going to make a lot of money. You're going to make a lot of money. And it's like, if you... It's, it's looking like the way they smile at each other and stuff like that. It's just like, man, like, whatever happens, I already got a loss. So if you beat me or just you being a bigger, stronger guy, I got that going for me. And I can go back down to middleweight, and I still got my belt. Flip side, to where it's like, Canelo, like, if I beat you, you already got your losses. Just the same as me, but you got more. So that makes where if I beat you... It's who's to say that you will be like totally just done. You will be able to fight after me because they were like, well, you lost to a good, a, a pound for pound guy that might not fight too many more guys in the light heavyweight division. Where you can sit there and just say, well, next fight I fight Bivol and then take your fighting chance to try to fight him or better beef. Because it still fights for Kovalev if he loses. If he wins, it's going to be like, he's not going to get the type of credit that that uh, Charlo, Andre, Billy Joe would get. It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. Or Trooper J. It wouldn't. It just wouldn't happen. It would be like, oh, you know. Kovalev's a light heavyweight. Like, he's supposed to win this fight. You see Kovalev whoop Canelo's ass? I mean, that would be the, it would be somewhat of a like, whoa, like, Canelo lost, but it's like he already lost. He lost to a guy that moved up to beat him. And that's why he's looking at this challenge like, damn, if I can do that, I can attach something to my resume somewhat like the guy who beat the hell out of me. I can move up and say I moved up two-way class. I'd be Rocky Field and I'd be third cover left. But like I said, those are two small umbrellas to the big ones out there you can buy. And I'm just keeping it 100 on that. So, yeah. I mean, it's a big fight. It's a big risk. It's making some money. The Zone is is, is a boxing app for sports. The other sports are on there too, but this is for combat sports. And that right there is, is going to make a lot of money. But when you get to under the hood, I'm that mechanic to tell you what's going on with the car. Kovalev has only... His last, his his last significant win was really against. Let's be real. Bernard and Pascal. I'm not too shabby of giving him too much kudos on the rematch with Alvarez, a leader Alvarez, not Canelo, because of I felt Alvarez was already civilized because he got what he wanted. He what he lost the hunger. Anthony Yard, two years from now, probably can beat Kovalev. Kovalev, not too long ago, fought. He's fighting again. This is another telltale sign. It's like he don't even give a damn about. He's looking at the money like shit. Like, and then he's looking at like I'm a bigger guy. I go out there if, if I knock him, if I catch him one good time, hurt him, we we'll see what happens. But he probably gonna try to box me. He can now box me. If Canel, if if this was something like. It would have been like, nah, like you just fought. We're going to give a real good training camp and get your mind right. Kovalev was like, I don't like Canelo. They would have a robbery. Like, Kovalev was the crusher, man. He didn't like nobody. He didn't respect nobody, man. Bernard, Pascal, nobody really said nothing to this dude, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, might have said a couple things, but he had that, just that scowl, just that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it came to Ward, he really got himself pumped up for him. I just don't understand this change, this, oh, my God. And then another thing, he had, you know, uh, the trainer, Jackson, who, you know saying, I wasn't a real big fan of, but, you know, he got him the champ. He got him to be champ for about three years, you know, two, two and a half years. 
and he gets Buddy McGirt now, which Buddy McGirt is a better trainer. I'm not sitting there saying he's not. But it's just crazy that you can sit there and work for a guy for such a long time and then, you know, put spit down his face. You know what I'm saying? By saying that in all the 10 years I've been boxing with, you know, a trainer, I finally got a real coach. That's a slap in the face. If somebody's been with you, you can sit there and say, man, this is the type of coach I needed, you know what I'm saying, to keep moving forward. Me and Jackson had to sit there and, you know, split. Could have said a good thing about him. But, no, you wanted to sit there and be short and be an asshole and be like, I ain't had a coach like this in 10 years. But when it comes to Canelo, you all smiles and want to take selfies. He took a selfie with his cell phone. But Andre Ward is spitting that man's hand. That's just crazy, man, how this shit works. Because it's it's knowing that what we're doing, this is not a clash. This is not a, like, ooh, I've been wanting to tear your ass up. This is not Tim Farmer and Tank. This is not, you know, how I felt um, Lubin and, and Jamel Charlo was made. I'm not, the, this fight is business. This is a business fight, man. A business fight. They're trying to have fun, man. It's like a glorified exhibition match. There's a pro boxing match. It's going to go on record. It's just that if any of the consequences, somebody's going to come out still smell like roses and make a lot of money. And that's both Kovalev and, and Canelo. Canelo could lose this fight and not lose that zone type popularity with the contract he's got. He could, I mean, especially if it's a good fight, he wouldn't lose nothing. He's fighting two fight classes up. Only person that would sit there and still suffering is Rickendale, who called out and sit there and said all these things to Lomachenko and quit. He quit. So, I mean, yeah, he moved up to weight classes. We can say that, but it's like, damn, he talked all that shit and he quit. Canelo just, you know, looked at it like, I want to really take a step up challenge. I want to take on something that nobody else wouldn't do. And he's moving up to weight class without a setup fight to fight a light heavyweight. That's damn good. For business, is good for the paper. If he loses, he don't lose too much value. If Kovalev gets wiped out, he can fight again. And people would come and watch. Some people would come and watch him. If he's fighting a legit light heavyweight, that, that might turn into a slugfest or something like that. But as far as him just trying to like have to go against like the wards or a boxer, somebody could just really outshow him. His, I mean, like he's good for that. He can, he can, ha he can take those losses and not lose that. Like, ooh, I'm gonna watch Kovalev fight. It's the moment when he quits or he looks like he can't, you know, because he's gonna throw the jab well. He's gonna throw power shots. He's not gonna run away from Canelo. Not so. Yeah. Uh, that fight's November second. Ryan Garcia's the go co-main event. I'm gonna keep the train moving. Chew, chew. Now. Me sitting there talking about this fight and how that's talking about something that really has some 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 layers to it. Some real layers. Earl Spence Jr. versus Sean Porter. Now, they're not sitting there saying like they hate each other or nothing, but let's keep it real. Like they understand that this division is heavy and some people want to unify. Some people are signing fights. Quicker than the heavyweight ranks and quicker than 135, quicker than the middleweight. Is that when you sit there and say, hey, it's time for us to get it on. Let's go. Sean Porter, WBC champ. Errol Spence. I got two, no, three of those things. I believe he's got the IBF WBO and the... Because of the WC, IBF, WO. I swear these belts, they, they kill me with all these darn belts. Two more belts he unifies. Because Pacquiao has one of the belts. Pacquiao has the WO, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I want to say IBA, IBF is what Earl Spence has, which he wants the WC to make a unification, have three belts. Then he can fight Pacquiao and take that belt away. So, I mean, like, what, what could happen here? This is a lot of shit going down. So then it makes animosity. Because it's like, Sean Porter ain't trying to give up that belt. He's been wanting that green belt. But he's tired of people saying, well, how you got it and who you had to fight and 
You're not really that good. You lost to Thurman. Thurman got beat by Pacquiao. You don't got no power. All you just do is try to hit, but all you just try to rough, rough people up. You ain't really got no adjustment plan. Oh, your dad ain't really no good trainer. So now he's sitting there like, man, I got to really show myself. He's been on the social media kick. He's been showing training. He's been doing all this stuff and sitting there just this and that, being on TV, him and his dad talking. And then it came down to the head-to-head face-off with him and Earl Spence, and that was pure gold. Then we're going back and forth. Because you got two guys who really don't talk trash. Sean Porter and Earl Spence are not trash talkers. To see them two head up, face up, sit there, we're going back and forth. It's going to be a good a good fight. Two brothers, two athletes that are that that that, that you know I feel that could play multi-sports. One actually did I for sure for me knowing Sean Porter play uh football. So I mean these are gonna be good athletes, they're gonna be in great shape. You know, one's a devastating body puncher, just devastating puncher, period, as far as saying just volume. Then you got somebody who can rough it up but can be a volume uh, puncher, but he has a unique style, something very unique. It's like a mixture of Tyson and Pacquiao or something. Like, it's, it's crazy. That fight is going to be a good one. They really have that, like, ooh, I want to knock you out. I mean, Earl Spence is like, man, I'm going to knock you out. Like, I'm I'm going to knock you out. I know that's for sure. He said, I didn't knock out uh, Mike Garcia, but I'm going to knock you out. And you wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to knock out Mike Garcia. He wanted to outbox him. He wanted to outbox him. But when it came down here, he wanted to try to finish him. You just can't finish somebody like that. Yeah, you might be bigger. You might be in a welterweight. He's moving up, whatever. You just can't just knock people out like that. Wilder can you know what I'm saying? Hell, Fury was out, out. But he got up. But it's just the fact that he can sit there and hit anybody and somebody can drop. Not all fighters can do that. Even with fighters that think that they got power can stop guys. Adrian Broner. Charlos. Like, yeah, I got power, but y'all ain't like that. You know? Chill out. I want to see just a good fight in, in, in the pocket. You know, I'd always feel like in this fight, the punches are going to be so so good whenever they're in the middle of the ring, when they're in the pocket, when they're close together. I mean, that that's that's what's going to make this pop. It's going to make it's going to make this go like, oh, my God. Like, I just can't wait, man. It's like, I love watching Earl Spitz fight. And Sean Porter, who's sitting there talking about, I believe I got a good, a, a very good chin. Sir, I want to say from Kell Brook and Adrian Broner and some other guys like Adrian Granados and people like that, had you look kind of yellow legs and they were yellow, even Keith Thurman hit you with a left hook and you was kind of shaky. So don't talk about your chin leading up to a fight against somebody who's a chin checker. And that's Errol Spence. Watch yourself. Just saying. I got to go with Earl Spence in this fight. And like I said, they both are not trash talkers. It's going to be a good fight. It's going to be some intense moments all throughout. That's all I'm going to say, man. Like like I said, you got a father-son trainer on one side, and you got a you know a, a fighter, really good trainer combination, you know what I'm saying, on the other side. So it's going to be good, man. I can't wait. Cannot wait. September 28th, that's next week. If I'm not mistaken, it's next week. This weekend, like I said, we got Kid Chocolate. Then we got Earl Spence and Sean Porter. Other fights, we got, I think Danny Garcia is supposed to be fighting Mikey Garcia. Um, What's next I want to talk? Oh, yeah. Uh, with, you know, I wanted to mention... Cause I was talking about like guys leaving the trainers, going to another trainer. It's like Triple G, he went to a new trainer. Now he got a guy. He's feeling like, you know, we can really do some things. Jonathan Banks, new trainer for, excuse me, new trainer for Triple G. He's going against uh, Devery, uh man, the guy's name is something else. He's going against Devrachenko, which Devrachenko fought Danny Jacobs. In October 2018, that was a close, tough, split decision fight. And Dan Jacobs got the win. 
which made Danny Jacobs' stock kind of drop, but then he ultimately didn't look too good against Canelo. But now Jefferchenko got a chance to fight Triple G, who is now older, by the way. He's, he ain't got no younger. So I think as far as him having been a devastating knockout guy, he can still knock guys out. It's just guys got to sit there and stand there and, and, and take it, and they're going to go down. But if they move and use the ring and stuff, I think you can last 12 rounds with Triple G. I think now you can't. But the, you know, smart style, new ideas and all that stuff like that, like, that's what, that's what, uh, that is what Devrachenko is going to have to look out for is that you're going to have a different Triple G because he's trying to figure out, like, how can I fight different from what me and Abel Sanchez was fighting? You got guys that would get like it, man. You think like, man, people got me figured out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to move forward, don't use my head, and not use defense, and just try to knock him out. We might see a boxing Triple G. We might see a boxing-type Triple G. You never know. We might see that type of guy to be like, damn, like, look at, uh, you see Triple G? Like, he jab, he move his head. He, oh, whoa, whoa. Hey, that could happen. Jonathan Banks, what you got cooking up, my friend, you know? It's the same, same energetic Triple G, same work, at, work ethic, same everything. We got along great when we first got together, and it's great now, and it's just going to uh, get greater later. The longer it goes, the greater it's going to get. I'm still knocked off my feet, honestly, said Banks, when talking about getting a call from Glovkin. You got to understand that I admire all these trainers that I've seen throughout the years, and I take my hat off to them, so... For my name to be mentioned, I'm super happy, but for him to call me and want to work for me, it's crazy. Triple G to Banks, I need a smart style and new ideas. I need to be different because everyone knows my style now. Exactly what I said. Something different. You know, De La Hoya changed trainers a lot. Um, Sugar Ray Leonard. No, not Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm tripping. De La Hoya changed trainers a lot. Used uh, different trainers. Um, I mean, you got guys that 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 left that left their trainers like their, their state, like their day one trainers to go to Manuel Stewart or to go to Freddie Roach or to go to Floyd Mayweather Senior. You had guys sit there and go, man, I I just need to try something different. Now you got guys leaving to go to Roy Jones Jr. Triple G, Devrachenko. That's coming up. Sooner than you think. That fight is going to be October 5th. Also, October 5th, Clarissa Shields is going to be fighting. Havana Habizan. That's on Showtime. Clarissa Shields. She's the champ, 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 champ. The champ, 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 champ of women's boxing. I mean, that... It's really nobody that Carissa Shields can fight. Like, I mean, like, I can't even think of nobody that can step up and fight her. I don't know any female fighters that... I mean, like, I know... Of a Raquel Miller who's been coming up, but I don't even think that she's in the same weight class as Clarissa Shields. So I mean, like, that's something she's gonna have to work for. There's nobody. I mean, like, she's a Roy Jones Jr. of the women's division. There's nobody can fight her. They brought the biggest person, I mean, woman that could sit there and go against this girl, and she beat the hell out of her in four rounds or some shit like that. Man, just beat her. I mean, just beat her. Clarissa Shields, man, she's tough, man. She's tough. Definitely She won Fighter of the Year. Women Fighter of the Year last year. 2018 Women's Fighter of the Year. Great honors. Great honors. So, so that's that's bang, bang, bang. September 28th, Earl Spence Porter. October 5th, Shields and uh, Ivana. Then you get to see Triple G go against Sergey uh, Devrachenko. But man, I'm telling you. Earl Spence, I'm calling for... I'm calling for unanimous, unanimous decision. He says he's going to knock him out. 
I'm calling for unanimous decision. He's going to win. I'm going to say Triple G is going to beat Devrachenko, and I'm definitely saying Christian Shields is going to win her fight against Ivana. I just feel that. Of course, everybody's, you know, kind of, you know, waiting on the rematch between Anthony Joshua and, and Andy Ruiz. The reason why I said, you know, you got people somewhat, I mean, people really want to see Deontay Wilder and Fury again. And now Deontay Wilder is going against his date battle with uh, Victor Ortiz, I mean, not Victor Ortiz, uh, Ortiz, who he's already beaten, popped dirty twice, still beat this man, and you want to fight him again. Because at the end of the day, he's like, I'm not fighting no UK fighter unless it's Anthony Joshua or Tony, I mean, or Tyson Fury. And I feel him. He don't want to fight Derek Tashore or no Dylan White or no Joseph Parker. Those guys are bums. And I feel Deontay Wilder on that because two of those guys was like, nah, at the time we wanted to fight him, they said, nah. So I don't blame Tyson Fury at all. I mean, uh, Deontay Wilder at all. But I'm sitting there saying, at least if, I, if I'm going to fight, if Fury wants to fight this Otto Wilder or whoever the hell, which gave him a good fight, I go fight Ortiz. Mr. Luis Ortiz. So, Tyson Fury, after coming off his win, tough win at that, getting cut and everything like that, now he's going to have to take the time off, get the, let the cut heal and stuff like that. So now, the, where he's sitting there and said on Mike Tyson hot boxing, you know what I'm saying, We're looking like a fight is going to be happening in February next year, February, March. Okay, so now we got a November, supposedly, a, a, a November date for Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz. But guess what? That got moved around. So now there's no date. So I, I were Deontay Wilder. I was just going to scrap fighting him, keep training, stay ready, and look for the winner, Andrew Ruiz and Andrew Joshua. Now, Andrew Ruiz, who's, who was on Mike Tyson Hot Boxing as well, sit there and said, he, his next dream would be to fight Tyson of Fury and not Wilder. He didn't mention Wilder's name at all, which I don't blame him. He's at the right height to get pulverized by one of those right hands. At least with Fury, who likes to dance and, and box around, Ruiz is thinking like, well, i catch him. Because Ruiz is thinking like, I got power, man, I'll knock you out. And he's got that feeling in his, in his, in his mindset, and that's why he's feeling so confident in the December 7th rematch. He's feeling it. So I can beat Anthony Joshua again. Ain't shit. Now they're fighting in Saudi Arabia. It's going, going down, man. December 7th. Also fights we got, which I'm, I'm going to talk about this more real quick, is that Anthony Joshua has lost that muscle. Not all of it, but he's he's calming it down. He's not sitting there looking like a robot. He's looking like he can punch with a little bit more speed, a little bit more accuracy. He's looking to get back to that Olympic-type Anthony Joshua. That might help him in this fight. Andrew Ruiz is fighting, is training really hard, man. Like, he's training hard. He's really putting in the work. I mean, he punched one of his uh, his training buddies, you know what I'm saying, by accident. But, I mean, dude ate that punch, too. But, I mean, that's true. God, he, he training hard. They gave him some good effort. And, you know, for somebody who had, you know, he's only family. He, he's got an older sister and a younger brother. He ain't got, like, seven brothers and nothing like that. It's just that he had a mindset of saying when he was a heavyset, chubby kid, he had all this energy, and his dad took him to the boxing gym. And then he just said, you know what? I'm just going to keep working at it. Just keep working at it. He had his first amateur fight at seven years old. And he just loved boxing. And, you know, you move up, you move up, you move up, whatever like that. But it's just crazy how opportunity, like the way he described it, he said, I want to fight. And then, you know, months later, there's, you know, there's this big thing that, you know, Ger Ger uh, Gerald Miller is not going to be able to fight Anthony Joshua. He said, I message. He sent probably like a Facebook message or something like that to Eddie Hearn saying, hey, I just had a fight, but I'm ready, and I'm and we can we can set it up. And, you know, Eddie Hearn probably looked at the profile, probably was like, who's this fat guy? You know, just who, what the, oh, well, we'll set this up. And he got a call back. And the next thing you know, Andrew Ruiz is stepping in to fight Anthony Joshua. And what happens? He beats him. 
the first ever Mexican heavyweight champion of the world. You can't name another. That's his to sit there and look at that. Is that his accomplishment? That's his, you know, his thing. If he he can lose them, he can lose December seventh. He can lose and not, never win again. But he's the first ever Mexican heavyweight champion of the world, and he shocked the world by beating the the freaking guy who had most of the belts. Because Wilder's got one. Tyson just got a title. He's the lineal heavyweight champion. He don't have a belt on his back. He's the lineal champ. So let's keep the ball rolling. Because I want to talk about the little guys. And I want to talk about how some things is going to start, you know, happening. Well, two, I want to talk about the pound for pound list, too, because I went from welterweight, middleweight, talk light heavyweight, talked about the little guys, talked about Ryan Garcia and Lomachenko, which I'm going to go more into Lomachenko and some other guys who give my breakdown for the closing of the show. And uh, I think something to be really, to bring to my attention is that a lot of people and I know I might get some pushback on this, but a lot of people do not want to call Canelo Alvarez a number one or two pound-for-pound fighter. I don't get it. Help me. Help me understand why this guy can't get in that type of company. Tell me this. What is the reason? Like, what, like, what happened to... Somebody who was able to beat Triple G, he didn't lose to him. He had a draw, so he didn't lose to him. So okay, he, he so he ended up beating him in a good fashion. He lost to Floyd Mayweather at a time to where hey, you were going to lose to Floyd Mayweather no matter what. He's beat Laura. He's knocked had devastating knockouts against Kirkland and Khan. He's beat Danny Jacobs. He's beaten Shane Mosley. He's beaten anybody that he put in front of him. Except Floyd Mayweather, who is pound pound number one for what, 10 years straight? Pound pound number one at that time? Let's be real now. Let's be real now. Canelo Alvarez, for right now, should be one or two, pound for pound. Terrence Crawford should be two or three. Then you can say Lomachenko. Then you can throw out names like, and I'm being real, you can throw out a name like a Earl Spence. You can throw a name out like a, this is pound for pound. These are guys that can that can really fight. I'm not sitting there saying, like, this. we got to treat this list like the Oscars where we got to find guys that are just not so much on the popularity scale but who shows the real great boxing skill, who's really honed in the sweet science. Bullshit. The pound-for-pound boxing list should have a lot more intel to it where it's like an MVP ranking in the NBA or the NFL or something like that. It should be who is the man and who is fighting really good as the man. And as I can see right now, there's guys out there that's named Canelo, Terrence Crawford, Lomachenko, Earl Spence. Hell, even throw a name like Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder out there. You can throw a Tank Davis out there, but lower in the list. So when this list gets compiled, when you see names, you're like, who is that? And then they lose the next time when they, when they finally get the lights put on them. Chocolatito. Lomachenko lost when they were trying to put him up on that plateau against Toledo. People had Sergey Kovalev up there. Had him in the top five. Andre Ward retires. He was in there. And I think it's just changed so much to where it needs to be revised. It needs to be looked at. It needs to be saying, like, damn, Canelo, man, he should be number one. That's my argument. I've been saying it for quite some time. I do think there's guys out there that can beat him. 
But he's number one pound for pound right now. Then you got, I, I would say Terrence Crawford, and then I would say, then you can then you can go around the list. You can either pick or say Lomachenko or Earl Spence. I give Earl Spence kudos because I'm a fan of him and I love the way he goes to the body. And he seems like he's in great shape too. But there's more to the boxing that I want to see that I that I didn't get to see that he said he did against Mike Garcia. I want to see it more in the Sean Porter fight. For me to sit there and say, yeah, he 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 definitely belongs, you know, number two, number three. So right now I got him about four or five. There's some great boxers out there, man. Some great talent, man. Great talent. Guys that can really box. Just not too many guys that I've seen out there, like Canelo, like Terrence, like Loma. And the reason why I'm saying Loma so much now than I was before is that I've finally got to see something from Loma that I've, you know, in, in a couple fights against uh, the last one, you know, he, he was getting hit. He got hurt. He choked, he showed up. He showed heart. He showed combinations. Speed. After getting hit, he showed heart. Not like, oh, man, like, oh, man. So, where he was making people quit and doing all that stuff like that, I'm like, okay, that's nice. But when, when is he going to get pushed around? Or when is he going to get that one fight where he can really show it off the arsenal? The Matrix. When is that fight going to show where he can really show the Matrix? And he got to see it. We got to see it. Now, that guy that he fought last was slow. He was slow. But he was he was hungry, man. And you could tell that he wanted to he wanted to really catch him. He wanted to knock him out. He couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But you know, there's gonna be some good fights made, man. But it's 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 crazy that with Lomachenko, now he's he now if I was him, I would I would be sitting there dying to fight Devin Haney or Tank or Shakur Steve. I would be like, whoever wanna make one thirty five, come see me now. I'd talk I'd be talking that type of shit because that's how you be great. Not sitting there waiting to say like Mikey Garcia is not gonna fight you, man. He's not he's not coming back down there. You might as well hang it up. Unless you're gonna move up. And then you got to deal with people like Regis Prograce. Somebody like that. He's got to go against a guy named Josh Taylor. That's going to be on the, on the what's it, the uh, card with uh, Derek Deshore and uh, Joseph Parker, which they had a little disagreement with who should be fighting last. And Derek Deshore, you know, he, he showed his ass in a press conference, man. It was pretty funny. I should go check it out. I ain't going to go in full detail of that. But he lost his mind with Eddie Hearn sitting there like, oh, my God. Like, But it was good TV, I know, for the ratings. But, Jesus, Derek to sure went crazy. But, yeah, Breach's progress is good with 140 pounds, man. So, I mean, like, if, if Lomachenko is thinking, that, okay, I'll leave 135, move up and fight Regis, he better eat his Wheaties. Each, move, each weight class you move up on, man, is not, it's not like, ooh, Floyd moved up to fight um, his first fight at 145, Chop Chop Quirley. Yeah, Floyd was a better boxer, but he got hurt. He got hit. That's why I said it was going to happen to Canelo against Sergey. I mean, he's going to get hit by a light heavyweight. It's going to feel different. His body going to change. He's going to do something different. But he still has a chance to win the fight because he's a better boxer. That's why, like, Floyd had a chance to beat Triple G when they wanted him to come out and fight him. But... Too old. It puts two. He, Triple G is too strong. So it's like, yeah, he can be all the better boxer he wants until he gets hit. Seven minutes to go, guys. Seven minutes to go. And you know, Triple G, like I said, he's, he's a guy that we're like, he likes to get hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, Lomachenko don't like to get hit. That's why I call him the Matrix. So, got somebody like Tank Davis with dynamite in his hand, gunpowder, 
or as a, as a, a guy I used to watch on YouTube named Troy King, I say that garlic butter, that garlic butter in the hands. If he caught Lomachenko, if Tank Davis catches Lomachenko, man, woo! Woo! I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It'll be, it'll be some fireworks, man. But I, I like I said, it didn't matter. It don't matter. Devin Haney, Devin Haney knocked the hell out that guy, man. Like, he, he hit him hard. He broke his orbital bone in his freaking left eye. And then he sit there and made a post. He said, I did a thousand push-ups every day leading up to this fight. Get like me. Thousand push-ups a day, he did. He said, thousand. A thousand. Man, that right hand, boy, it felt like a thousand push-ups. Woo! God, he knocked him stupid, man. That was crazy. But going back to what I was saying about with Tank Davis or Lomachenko or Tank Davis or Tevin Farmer, it's like Tevin Farmer, man, got the fast hands. He can box. He got heart. He would fare well against Lomachenko. But I don't think he would. The things that what I see from Tevin Farmer is that, like, he, I think he, when, he, when he wants to take a round, he takes a little bit too much to where you can't do that against Lomachenko. You got to be ready to keep firing and keep you know, wanting to keep going back and forth, man, because you can't go against somebody who really does, never feels like that, after, especially after the Salido fight. I don't think he would ever let a fight go that way again. He would fight, he would, he would throw hands, move, and whatever like that. Lomachenko won't fall in that trap again. So that's something I think is definitely out the window. Jose, uh, uh, Leo Santa Cruz. Leo Santa Cruz can fight Lomachenko. Long arms. Not as fast, though. And that's the thing. Speed can beat Lomachenko, man. You got to be fast, man. And Leo would have to really work on his speed. And, you know, and, and because, you know, when, uh, when he fought Frampton, you know, Frampton just used the speed with the counter. And he, he was able to win the first fight. But, you know, he lost the... The second one, and now Frampton is really kind of not the guy that I thought he really could match a rate into, but Leo Santa Cruz could have a good chance of beating Lomachenko if he really put his mind to it. I mean, say if Lomachenko moved up one to try to fight, uh, what's his name, Josh Warrington? Something like that, I think that was his name. Warrington? Who beat Frampton? Beat the brakes off of him. Um, so, I mean, that's why, that's why I say you got to have him in the top three, Lomachenko in the pound for pound. You got to have him there. That's why I say with Canelo, because you got all these guys that they could, you know, that's got to fight him. That's why I named Andre and Charlo and all those guys. Those guys ain't, you know, those, those guys ain't, ain't, ain't touched the money or the level or the, or the success that he had. I just think one of them are better fighter who can beat him, and that's Andre. But he's pound for pound number one because look at what Canelo has done and what he's earned and what he's... He's pound for pound number one. Period. Period. Stamp that. Sauce Straight Talk Show. I'm saying it's Sauce right now saying Canelo Alvarez, pound for pound number one fighter. Two, Terrence Crawford. Three, Lomachenko. Four, I give it to Errol Spence. Five, I would give it to Alexander Usk, who I think will be moving up soon because he's going to now be fighting heavyweight guys. This is another guy who unified in the light heavyweight division or up above that. Not the light heavyweight, but I think it's cruiserweight. He unified that, the whole weight class. Now he's a heavyweight. So he could be moving up those like, you know, past Fury and, and Wilder. Because when you unify a, a weight class, that's, that holds a lot. But if he can bring that stout he brings, I mean, he knocks the hell out of people. And he's a tough guy. He's in shape. So if he can bring that into the heavyweight ranks, he'll be moving up into that that to, to, to that spot or just staying in that top five. He's a good, good fighter, man. Alexander Oost, man. Go check him out. Last name U-Y-S-K, if I'm not mistaken. I go off the top of the dome. I don't do too much Googling right now. I'm talking.
Alexander Usk. Let's go check him out. But we're down to the last minute or so, and I, I'm just, you know, I, I've been sitting there, I was like, damn, I need to do a boxing episode, and that's, you know, saying we got a lot coming up, and, you know, going into the next year. But as far as the rest of the end of this year, man, we got some good fights coming up. Like I said, when you got the names that you got that you can hear, Canelo, then you, you know, saying uh, uh, Triple G, Errol Spence. I mean, I think we might get another fight out of Terrence Crawford. You know what I'm saying? Just might. We're getting, we getting Deontay Wilder before the year ends, hopefully. We're getting Andy Ruiz and Joshua. Joshua. We got two fights from Tyson Fury this year. I mean, so it's been a, it's been a good year for boxing. Devin Haney has made his name in the, at the 130 rank. Uh, Lomachenko has proven himself this year. Um, big ups to, to Tank Davis to go through the adverse he's been going through and stuff like that. Now look at him. He had a last good win. Uh, Pedraza, for you to sit there and say that Lomachenko could beat Tank on the strength of just saying that. And you got your ass whooped by Tank. Man, I don't even want to get into it, man. We're down to the last 10 seconds, though, man. But this is the world. This is this is the soft straight talk show boxing episode. And I hope y'all enjoyed it, man. Episode 58. And um, hope y'all enjoyed the fights this weekend. Y'all have a good one.